You're listening to the Central City Assembly podcast. We're dedicated to sharing content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus for the good of our city and helps you grow in your love for Jesus. So enjoy this episode and may you be filled with the love of God the Father. morning church family how are you guys this morning okay you guys all right <laughs> doing well um, happy fourth of july independence day um man we really do just to have such privilege and freedom to to do what we get to do every single sunday and like luke said you know we, we can't forget that we can't forget uh to we don't just give praise to the flag we give praise to our god our father um who who uh, ultimately gave us freedom in our hearts and our souls um so we're just so so thankful for that um and so we are in a new series today um this is the art of giving up and you'll understand a little bit more of what I mean by that as we go through this message this morning. Um, but this might sound kind of like a silly question. Um, but how many of us enjoy giving up? Like we, we love it. Okay, a few hands kind of sarcastically. Yeah. Um, like we delight in just throwing in the towel when things just get too hard for us. Um, now, I, I can actually think of one area where I actually enjoy giving up, believe it or not. Um, and that's in the area of running, like running, like jogging. Um, I, I might have the, the form and the physique of a runner, but don't, don't let that fool you, all right? I loathe running so much. Um, and I was required to do a lot of it while in the Air Force, which I did not find enjoyable at all. Make me do push-ups, sit-ups, burpees, pull-ups, any kind of physical activity, I didn't care. Uh, but running, just don't, right? Just don't. One of my greatest achievements of running, actually, while in the Air Force was when I was required to do a 5K. Um, it, it was an achievement for me, partly because I finished it in about 23 minutes, which is quite above average for my age and, and my, you know, who I am, whatever. Um, but uh, I was only second to this guy who was just ridiculously more in shape than I was, like went on to be on the Air Force soccer team, so like crazy fit guy. Um, but what really made it feel like an achievement for me is that I walked about a third of it. And I was like, take that running, take that running. So I, I'm, I take pride in that. Um, and here's usually what happens whenever I run. Um, it's definitely a mind over matter scenario. Um, because when I'm running, my mind says, hey, this doesn't matter. And I'm like, you're right. You win. And then I just stop, right? Um, and I'm totally okay in that moment uh, just giving up, giving up running. Just be like, I'm done. I feel so much better when I stop running. My body thanks me for it. My mind is so much more at peace when I give up running. So I, I've mastered the art of giving up running, at least. Um, but when it comes to, to other things in life, I don't think anyone truly likes giving up. Um, we might find it easier to give up in some instances. Uh, we might be forced into giving up depending on the circumstance. 
Uh, but no one really wants to give up if they don't have to, I don't think. Um, and that is because we live in a world and in a, in a society that places high value on perseverance, right? Perseverance often equals uh, success, and it leads to success in the eyes of the world. I mean, think about the holiday that we're celebrating today, 4th of July, Independence Day. Right? We wouldn't be celebrating this day if our founding fathers had just given up. And if you know your U.S. history, then you know that they had plenty of opportunities to give up, where they would have thought it's actually better for us to give up. I mean, the 13 colonies, they were outnumbered and outmatched and outsourced by Great Britain on all accounts. Resources, manpower, strategy, training. It's miraculous that we are even a country today. And, and it's because of our forefathers' perseverance grit, determination, unwillingness to give up that led to the U.S. becoming a country, right? It's why our flag still stands today. But this isn't a message about the U.S. It's about Jesus. Don't worry, right? We're not one of those churches that raises the flag and we say amen to the, right? We're not doing that today. Um, but everywhere you look in the world, the gospel of perseverance is preached. Everywhere, right? Don't give up. You can do anything you set your mind to. Keep going. Don't let go. Hustle and grind until your dreams come true. Don't give up, right? And where perseverance is seen as a virtue, giving up is seen as a sign of weakness, laziness. Nothing gets done. Advances, progress doesn't happen if you give up. And I think we can agree with that to some extent. But I also think there are some drawbacks to this kind of perseverance that the world preaches. Right, this kind of perseverance I think we can all attest to has led uh, to more stress in people's lives. Right? More uh, mental and physical fatigue. More mental and physical illness even. Uh, this kind of perseverance gospel has led to a lack of, of presence in relationships and in the home. Right? Because if, if I take a break from work, my tasks aren't going to get done. I'm going to fall behind. Someone else is going to jump ahead of me in the rat race of life, right? And then it, we just, I'm not going to meet my goals, my five-year plan, right? But, but it's this kind of perseverance gospel, or is this kind of perseverance gospel compatible with the gospel of the kingdom of God? I think about this. What, what do you think is more valuable in the kingdom of God? Perseverance. Or giving up. Which, which of these two leads to more success and blessing in life? You know, I, I think there is blessing and success to be had in the kingdom of God with perseverance, right? Um, I, I think that, that God can use perseverance to bring blessing, absolutely. But what we see time and time again in scripture is that perseverance alone isn't enough. Never enough. Right? And that to receive blessing in God's kingdom, it first requires absolute surrender to him. Right? True success and satisfaction in life comes through first giving up and saying, God, your ways are better than my ways. Right? Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And then persevering in the ways and the things of God. And so the overall idea of the art of giving up is that the more you give up of self, the more you gain of God. The more you give up of self, the more you gain of God. 
A life of surrender, sacrifice, and service leads to ultimate satisfaction and blessing in all areas of your life, all of them. And giving up is definitely an art form because there are areas of life where we are called to, to never give up. And then there are areas of life where we are called to give up. And much of our walk with Jesus is learning when and when not to give up. Right? But, but usually when we find that we are not satisfied in life and in our walks with Jesus, it's because we're holding on to things that we should be giving up and giving up on things we should be holding on to. And it's an art form, right? So, so this, this series is all about learning the art of giving up so that we can gain the things of God in life. Right? And what we're going to learn today is that if you want to master the art of giving up, you have to start with self-surrender. Self-surrender. Right? So today is a call to raise your flags. And you each have one around you. This is a little memento for you for this series. You're welcome to take this home. Um, you even might see this flag and you're like, I'm not picking that up. Give up? Surrender? I don't think so. But you're, you're going to want to eventually, all right? Um, so this is for you. But this is a call to raise your white flag this morning, right? Your, your flag of surrender, um, so that you can receive all of the blessings that God has for you in this life. Amen? Um, So let's pray. Let's ask God to lead us and guide us in this series. Lord, we're so grateful that you've called us to be your people. You've given us opportunity through the sacrifice of your son Jesus to be your children and to be your kingdom builders here on this earth. And and we see that as a privilege and an honor. And we know that... um, in our hearts, even before we've gotten in the message, that, that requires sacrifice. And so we pray that you would help us understand that even better today. Help us to understand what it means to, to self-surrender, God. And that you would give us the courage and the strength and the boldness to do that, Lord. So we thank you. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Hey, Caitlin, can you turn off that squeaky fan for me? Thank you so much. Awesome. And if you want to turn the ACs down, just since we're turning those fans off. Cool. All right, so mastering the art of giving up starts with self-surrender. Everybody say self-surrender. Or you can say self-denial. Self-denial is so much more than simply giving up certain things like food or or pleasures for some greater purpose. Now, that's not a, a bad practice to have. Fasting is a form of that, which I believe is important in our walks with Jesus and growing in our faith. But fasting is more like stuff surrender, not self-surrender. Right? The key word is self. Self. And self-surrender in the context of our faith is total surrender or, or giving up our own will to the will of God the Father. Or if you don't like the way that sounds, right, because that diminishes free will, how about this? It's using your free will to give it up and surrender it to God, to God's will. Right? Self-surrender is turning from our own ways, our own understandings, and turning to God. And before sin entered the world, self-surrender was the default of humanity. Because we were created not in the image of self, but in the image of God. And God's purpose in creating us was to reflect not self-image, but his image out into the world around us. 
But when sin infected the world, humanity turned from reflecting God and, and living for God to reflecting self and living for self. Humanity turned from surrendering their free will to the will of God to using their free will for self-seeking purposes, the opposite of self-surrender. Humanity valued more their own thoughts and ways than God's thoughts and ways. And this conflict between human self-surrender and, and human uh, self-seeking has been around since the beginning of time. And so living a self-seeking life actually goes against God's original design for humanity. And we see the consequences of it from Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. Self-seeking led to Adam and Eve's expulsion from the garden. Self-seeking led to Cain murdering his own brother, Abel. Self-seeking led to humanity being wiped out by a flood. Self-seeking led to the dispersion of, of people and tongues after humanity tried to build the Tower of Babel up into the heavens. And Revelation is ultimately about God finally and fully saving us from our self-seeking demise. And since the beginning, God, he's been working to bring people out of the pain and destruction and suffering that ultimately comes from self-seeking. Right, back into the blessing that he has through, for us through self-surrender. And this work, it started with one man named Abraham. Where he was Abram, then God changed his name to Abraham. And when God called Abraham, he also gave him a promise of incredible blessing. He would be the father of many nations, have a legacy for all time, right? And his family would be eternally blessed by God. But what was first required of Abraham? Self-surrender. God told Abraham to leave his homeland, leave behind his dreams, his plans, his will for his life, and surrender to the will of God. And what we see in his story is that in Abraham's life, that the more he gave up, the more he gained from God. And we also see the other way is true also. The more he took back the reins of his life and was more self-seeking, the more he resisted self-surrender, the more trouble that came his way. Right? And we see in, in the Bible that Abraham's greatest act of self-surrender came when he was willing to sacrifice his one and only son Isaac who carried the promise of blessing. But God spared Isaac, and the, the promise of blessing remained. Self-surrender. And with each character in the Old Testament, if you, if you look at their story, uh, we see the same call of God every single time. Self-surrender. Right? Give up your will to mine, and you will be blessed. Moses, he gave up wealth in Egypt, and he was even willing to have his name blotted out of the book of life, the Bible says, in order to save his people, Israel. Um, we see, uh, who else? Um, the, the Levitical law, the Levitical system of sacrifice is symbolic of God's desire for self-surrender. Israel was set apart, surrendered to God as a nation for his purposes. The prophets, they devoted their life to saying and doing everything that God said, not what they wanted to say. Right? Daniel, he gave up certain foods and, and even power at some points in his life to be used by God. Esther, she was ready to surrender her life to save her people. Right? But at the same time, all of these people were incredibly blessed and satisfied by God in their self-surrender. Do you see it? 
And it seems in the Old Testament that those who gained the most and reflected God the most were the ones who gave up the most. And so do we see that plot line continue in the New Testament? Absolutely. You can look at the apostles. You can look at the early church, the writings of Peter, James, Paul. Ultimately, it's all about self-surrender. Right? But, but ultimately, Jesus is the prime example of self-surrender. And Jesus modeled for us a life of self-surrender to God. Listen to some of the phrases that Jesus said throughout his life. I'm not going to put these scriptures up. I'm just going to read them quickly. But you can jot them down. Look at them later on your own. But John chapter 5, verse 30, uh, Jesus said, I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. John chapter 8, verse 28, so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. John 14, 10, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does his work. Finally, Mark chapter 14, verse 36, in the Garden of Gethsemane, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, yet not what I will, but what you will. Jesus' life was one of total surrender to God, not just in words, but we see in deeds as well. Jesus, more than any other person, exemplified what it really means to be human, an image bearer and reflector of God through his life of surrender. Jesus, he's the fulfillment of the promise to Abraham. He's the final rescuer of Israel from slavery. He is the ultimate prophetic voice of God. He is the sacrificial lamb once and for all. Everything that God desired for humanity fulfilled in one person and made possible through a life of self-surrender. And you might think, well, I'm not in the position of Abraham or Moses or Daniel or, or Esther. I'm not a prophet. Right? I, I don't have the, to follow the, the Old Testament sacrificial laws. I'm no Jesus. And didn't Jesus give up everything so that I don't have to? Right, why is self-surrender so important for me today? Well, if everything I've presented so far hasn't convinced you yet um, that that's, there's blessing in self-surrender, how about this one? If you want to be a follower of Jesus, then Jesus commands self-surrender. If you want to be a follower of Jesus, he commands self-surrender. Self-surrender is commanded. Right? Following Jesus is absolutely a choice that you can make or not make. But if you do make the choice to follow Jesus, then he commands total self-surrender. Right, let's go ahead and open up our, our, our Bibles to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24. And I highly recommend um, doing the work, opening your, your Bible, highlighting, underlining. This is the key to being a follower of Jesus. Most, one of the most important verses. Memorize this verse. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 24. And this is what he says. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. 
For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. I'm going to read it one more time because it's so important. And he said to all, if anyone, anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Jesus commands self-surrender. It is not optional. It's not optional. And what's interesting about this phrase, deny himself, is that this is the only time in the Bible, as well as in its parallel verses in Matthew and Mark, um, where such strong and explicit language of self-surrender and self-denial is used. Right? It's as if God, in the scriptures, knowingly and intentionally reserved this strong and explicit language of self-denial for, for this moment, for the context of following his son, Jesus, so that there's no mistake. No mistake. You can't confu confuse it with anything else. And the Greek word is emphatic that it's the denial of person, the denial of self, and not just things or ideas. Right? Jesus isn't calling you to just stop smoking or stop sleeping with your, your boyfriend or girlfriend. He's saying, surrender your entire life to me. And, and this understanding of total self-surrender, it should be evident when we make the decision to follow Jesus. But for some reason, it gets lost today in our, in our church's teachings of, of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And part of the problem is that we confuse becoming a Christian with simply saying yes to heaven, yes to eternal life. But actually becoming a Christian means saying yes to Jesus and no to self primarily. Your yes to heaven is secondary and far less important than your yes to Jesus and your total surrender to him. I also... When we say yes to Jesus, we're not just saying yes to him as our Savior, right, but also as our Lord and what that word really means. Right, we're saying, I'm surrendering lordship over my life to you, Jesus. Right, we're saying, Jesus, your agenda as Lord, your plans as Lord, your desires and ways and truths as Lord of my life are more important than my own. And again, this understanding of, of self-surrender is not optional if you want to be a follower of Jesus. Jesus commands self-surrender. And we actually learn a, a lot about self-surrender from just these two verses. Right? Like I just said, first, self-surrender is commanded. And I have four other C's for you that relate to self-surrender if you're taking notes. How convenient, right? Um, but but self-surrender is also contrary to the way of the world. It's contrary. The fact that we have to choose self-surrender means that it is no longer the default of humanity. The way of the world is self-seeking mostly. Right? Not that people aren't altruistic and, and willing to serve others, but humanity is mostly self-seeking before self-surrendering. Humans are born selfish. If you are a parent, you know that very well, right? And we have to learn from a young age to share. We, we have to learn to put others before ourselves. We're still learning it today. So self-surrender is contrary. Uh, self-surrender is also costly. Jesus says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross. 
What does that mean? Is Jesus saying that, that we are to literally pick up a cross and die a painful death of crucifixion for his sake? Well, for some, that is what Jesus was asking. Right? For some of the early followers of Jesus, they were crucified for their faith. All but one of the 12 apostles died martyrs' deaths for their faith, right? So is that required of all who follow Jesus? No. But the point that Jesus is making is that following him is going to cost you something. It has to. Right? It's going to cost your life in some way and in different ways for each one of us. That cost might look like giving up your life And dying a martyr's death. I'm, I'm emotional <laughs> about that because there are followers of Jesus, brothers and sisters in Christ who face that reality every single day. And I, I just feel we, we should pray for them right now. Just right now in your own, own heart, in your own mind, begin to pray for your brothers and sisters in other, other parts of the world who face persecution, who face the possibility of death every single day. Jesus, we pray that you would protect them. We pray that you would embolden them to not give up in this instance as they constantly surrender and give up everything else in their lives for your sake, God. We pray that you surround them with your angels. Right now, that there may be somebody who's facing it. God, would you protect them? And God, we know that you hear our prayers as we intercede on their behalf. God, would you do miracles in and through their lives? Would their sacrifice, would the cost that they're paying just be an incredible witness to who you are, God, for the people around them? Thank you, Jesus. Protect them, take care of them. All right, but there, there are people who are facing this every single day. And we think we have our, and we, our lives are difficult in different ways. Right? But we're not facing this. The cost for you, maybe it's like the rich young ruler who Jesus told him, you need to sell everything and give it to the poor. And the rich young ruler weighed the cost. He couldn't do it. He turned away. That cost might be ridicule and persecution from others, including your own family and friends. The cost might look like giving up your plans, your dreams, your desires to follow those that God has for you. But being a follower of Jesus is costly, and you must weigh the cost before you decide to follow him. All right, so it's costly. Fourth, what we see from verse 23 is that self-surrender is constant. It's constant. Right, Jesus said, let him deny himself and take up his cross. What? Daily. And follow me. Our self-surrender, it doesn't happen once when we say yes to Jesus, right, for the first time. It's a daily discipline that we are called to develop, right? Paul, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 31, he says, I die every day. I die every day. Every day he lays down his life in some way for the sake of Jesus, for the sake of those he's called to shepherd and minister to. Self-surrender is a constant daily thing because guess what? Our selfishness never goes away. Never goes away. 
right? You might have found victory over your, your pornography addiction or alcohol addiction or whatever bondage you face, but that doesn't mean the temptation just disappears altogether, right? Ask any former addict. They will never say, oh, yeah, I don't have that temptation anymore. No, they will say, I face it every single day, right? You must die to self daily to keep from falling back into those old habits. Guess what? Your kids don't magically wake up one day as self-sufficient saints. No, right? You have to daily sacrifice your life for them, serve them, point them to Jesus every single day. Your marriage, your relationships require daily self-surrender in order for them to thrive. So self-surrender is constant. It's costly. Self-surrender is, is contrary and self-surrender is commanded. And goodness, all of that sounds really hard, doesn't it? That's because it is. It is. And we can't just turn away because it's hard. Right, but think of it this way, and I love this. If Jesus thought it necessary to deny his perfect self, what should we say about our imperfect selves? If Jesus thought it necessary to deny his perfect self, what should we say about our imperfect selves? Right, but also, here's the good thing. Self-surrender is so incredibly satisfying. I didn't have a C for that one, so we went with similar. Satisfying. Right? In verse 24, Jesus says, For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. Right? You can't save yourself from yourself. Doesn't work. Can't do it. Only Jesus can do that for you. So stop trying to save yourself and instead surrender yourself to Jesus. Lose your life to Jesus and he will save it. And the more you give up of self, the more you gain of God. And when you hear all of this talk of, of self-surrender, you might think, well, I don't want to like lose myself, who I am, my personality, my, my identity, my likes and dislikes, I, I don't want to lose those things in the process. I don't want to be some robot just following orders. Our kids are learning about that today in Kingdom Kids. It's awesome. Um, but that's why verse 24 is so important. Right? Self-surrender does not mean a loss of your personality and who God created you to be. But through self-surrender to Jesus, you discover your true self of who you were created to be. Right? You save your life when you surrender it to Jesus. You learn what it means to be truly human when you follow the example of the perfect human. You learn your true identity as a child of God, as a co-heir in God's kingdom with Jesus. You live according to God's original and perfect intent before sin entered the world. Another way of saying this is that self-renunciation leads to true self-realization in Jesus. Right? And, and that's, that's where we find perfect satisfaction in this life. And so what we're going to see over the next few weeks in, in this series of the art of giving up is that when we practice this art of self-surrender, the art of giving up in our marriages, in our careers, in our friendships, in the world, right? It makes life so much more satisfying. I promise you. I promise you. Because self-surrender to Jesus means that you're trusting who? Jesus. And who is Jesus? 
Right? He's the creator, the sustainer, the king of the universe who upholds the world with the power of his word. He's got you, right? And no one, including yourself, can take care of you better than Jesus. And when, in a more earthly context, when you are part of a family or a community of people who are all practicing this art of giving up, this art of self-surrender, think about it. If we were all doing that to one another, everyone's needs are going to be met. Nobody's going to be self-seeking. Is that really possible? I think it is. Is it really hard? I think it is. It's difficult, but it's so worth the try. Because again, if Jesus thought it necessary to deny his perfect self, what shall we say about our imperfect selves? Luke and Annette, you guys can come on up. So this is a call to raise your flag this morning, to raise your white flag of self-surrender to God. What does self-surrender look like for you in your context, in your life? Right? What steps do you need to take to pick up your cross daily and follow Jesus? And right here in this place, we can't just say, yes, I'm going to do it without first considering the cost. First considering how it's contrary to the rest of the world. That's constant. It's, it's a command given to us by Jesus. Right? But at the same time, it's hard, it's difficult, but at the same time, that self-surrender will lead to you saving your life through Jesus. So what I want to do right now is I just would encourage us all to just bow our heads. I just want to say a prayer over all of you. Because this giving up in the context of what we're talking about today is incredibly difficult. Because we are faced with the opposite in the world around us. We are constantly told, don't give up. Don't give up. But God is making this big command of us who, who want to follow Jesus to surrender everything to him. And that's incredibly hard. So I just want to say a prayer over you, my church family. God, I pray that this truth that you've presented to us this morning, that, that you show us in scripture by your words, Jesus, I pray that it would take root deep inside our hearts and our minds and our souls. God, I, I pray that you would peel back the, that, that scar tissue over our hearts and minds where the world has said, you can't give up, you gotta keep going. Where we feel that resistance and urge to say, no, I can't give up. God, I pray that you would peel those things back and you would allow this truth from Luke and from Jesus to sink into our hearts. God, I pray that you would help my church family see that, that giving up in this way is actually more beneficial than holding on. That your ways are better, Jesus, than our own ways. Your thoughts are higher, they're better than our own thoughts. God, I pray that you would help each one of us lean not on our own understandings, but lean on yours and follow you. And it's difficult and it's hard, but God, I pray that you help us see those areas of our lives where we're resistant to giving up, where we want to hold on. 
God, I pray that you would reveal and expose how, how holding on to those things has actually caused more damage than good. God, I pray that you would also just reveal your incredible invitation to surrender to you. And God, I know that for us, we cannot surrender if we do not have you, the Holy Spirit, living inside of us, dwelling and filling each one of us. And so as, as just, I know this might sound gimmicky or, or whatever, but if, if you realize self-surrender is difficult for you, would you just, I know, just raise the white flag as a symbol of your surrender to God. But as you raise the flag, would you ask the Holy Spirit to fill you right now? Just confess, Holy Spirit, I, I can't do this on my own. I need you, my helper, my contender. I need you, Holy Spirit, to fill me so I can reap the benefits and the blessing of self-surrender. Thank you, God, that we can cry out to you, that we can ask for the filling of your spirit and the help of your spirit, and you are happy, you are glad to fill us. And God, I pray that as we're filled with your spirit, we'd be filled with the boldness to lay our lives down every single day for you, but also for our families, for our friends, even for our enemies who come against us. We thank you, Jesus, for self-surrender and the invitation for it. Bless my church family in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. So real quick, some questions for you to reflect on throughout the week. You can take a picture of these, write them down. Some questions for you to consider. Who are you living for more? Yourself, maybe others, Jesus? Number two, what has it cost you, if anything, to follow Jesus so far? What does it cost you? Number three, what areas of your life, of yourself, do you need to surrender to Jesus? Number four, what one act of self-surrender will you commit to doing this week? Amen. Thank you for listening. If you are blessed by this episode and would like to help us create more content that magnifies and multiplies Jesus, would you consider giving a financial gift of any amount today? Whatever you give will go towards building the kingdom of God in the lives of people all over the world. Thank you for your support, and we pray many blessings over you. Thank you.